Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Amen. Can we just have a thanksgiving noise, a sound of thanksgiving in this room? As you have your sheep, begin to give thanks to God. Begin to give thanks to God. Begin to give thanks to God. You may have your seat. You may have your seat. Can we just thank God one more time? Thank you, worship team. Uh, yes, can we just make some um, noise and appreciate the worship team, Gap Worship, um, and thank you for the band. We appreciate you all. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Um, welcome. My name is David Oladaro Patusin, and I'm one of the leaders here at the Gap Church. Oops, my bad. And I have the privilege of bringing a word uh, this afternoon to you guys. Um, if this is your first time at the Gap Church, welcome. Um, what's good? Hi. Um, <laughs> thanks for rolling with us this afternoon. We appreciate you. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be here, so we say thank you for being here. Um, and if this is your first time, this is the gap where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth, which is the word of God. And so we're super grateful that you're here. Um, can we just, um, first of all, ladies, if there is a male next to you, can you just say happy Father's Day? I know, I know you don't want to do it. See, y'all, y'all got to get yourself together. Y'all nasty. Y'all nasty. I said happy Father's Day. I didn't say call somebody a dad or something. Come on, guys. Come on. So all the future fathers, to those that are actually fathers, um, happy Father's Day. And we say happy Father's Day to the father of all fathers, God the Father. Amen. And so... Um, I'm excited to give you guys a word uh, this afternoon. Um, obviously, last week we uh, preached on the topic, um, mismanaging the presence of God, mismanagement for monuments. And um, to wrap it up, if you have not uh, watched it or heard it, which I implore that you please do, um, it's basically let us not mismanage every time we're in the presence of God. Um, the true evidence of being in the presence of God should not be a, a merch t-shirt, a TikTok reel. It should be us. We should be the evidence. And so if things are not changing after all these encounters, that means we're probably mismanaging the presence of God. And so the scripture says that every time the angels look up, they see a new thing. And so my thing is that I believe that every time we are in the presence of God, we should see a new thing. Amen. And so let's just hop right into it. I don't want to take too much of our time because we're going to be going almost around the same wavelength of last week, but we're going to focus on some different areas. And so I want us to open our Bibles to Matthew 13, Matthew 13, and we're going to be reading um, from verses 3 to 9, Matthew 13, 3 to 9. Many of us know this parable, um, Jesus and his parables. We love it. If you are not there, you can just look to the screen. Um, And here it is. He used parables to tell them many things. Once there was a man who went out to sow a grain. Verse 4. As he scattered the seed in the field, some of it fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Verse 5. Some of it fell on rocky ground where there was little soil. The seeds soon sprouted because the soil wasn't deep. Verse 6. But when the sun came up, it burned the young plants. And because the roots had not grown deep enough, the plants soon dried up. Verse 7, some of the seeds fell among the thorn bushes, which grew up and choked the plants. Verse 8, but some seeds fell in good soil, and the plants bore grain. Some had 100 grains, others 60, and others 30. That should be a portion, our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 9, and Jesus concluded, listen, then if you have, have ears, bless the reading of God's word. 
if you're taking notes, the title of today's message is Scattered Seeds. Scattered Seeds. We see in Scripture that Jesus is um, amongst um, an audience, and he's speaking to them um, in parables. And uh, these are like, I would like to say, coded, coded stories with deeper spiritual meanings. And he's talking about the parable of um, a man who began to sow seeds and uh, scattered seeds. And he talks about four different types of seeds, which we'll go into. But I want to um, uh, give us an understanding of what is the seed? What is this? What is behind all this? I want us to write this down. What is the seed? Because Jesus talk- Oh, somebody was about to say it. <laughs> Shout out to you. <laughs> so what is the seed? I want us to write that down. Um, the scripture says in Luke 8, 11, because, of course, Jesus goes down to translate what the story means. It says, this is what the parable means. The seed is the word of, the seed is the word of God. So when it says there was a man who went out to sow grain as he scattered the seed in the field, some of it fell along the path. So the seed here is the word of God. I want you to understand that the word of God is not specifically what I'm doing right now and sharing with you. The word of God can be a word of prophecy. It can be um, while you're reading your Bible, the spirit is dropping some things within, within you. Uh, the word of God can be you in a worship night flat out and you're just hearing specific words. The word of God is not just here, right? So this is, Jesus didn't say the seed represents a sermon. He didn't say that. It represents the what? The word of God. And so there's four scenarios that Jesus talks about when it comes to the seeds. And I want us to write this down. The four results of the seed. The four results of the seed. Because we're going to be on this same wavelength. Like I said, we talked about mismanaging God's presence last week. But we're on this line of mismanaging the word of God. Because that's what we're going to be talking about today. How do we mismanage the word of God? Many of us come into the sanctuary. Many of us are in our secret places. And um, we hear a word from God and we just fumble the bag. We fumble this. Many of us come into church services um, with no expectation. Um, we are checked out. Some of, us, some of you are already checked out. We rebuked that. Come on, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Um, um, you check out completely not knowing that God is speaking to you. And so in many ways we mismanage the word of God, not just his presence. And so the first results of the seed I want you to uh, write down. Number one, the first seed he talked about was a seed that was consumed by birds. The seed that was consumed by birds. The scripture says, I'm going to be just throwing out the scriptures, guys. Uh, it says, some of it fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. So this is basically, he throws the seeds and it just goes and then immediately it's picked up by a bird. And the translation of this, what Jesus says in verse 19 of Matthew 13, he says, this is those who hear the message about the kingdom but do not understand it are like seeds that fell along the path. And what it said, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in them. The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in them. I want you to understand this and write this down. When it comes to the word of God, whether through sermon, whether through secret place, whether through prophecy, whatever it may be, the devil is always going to try and snatch it from you. It's always going to be a contention. When the word of God has been received, you see, before the person could even understand it, the word was gone. And so this is just the first stage. The seed has just been thrown out. It's just like basically church is finished and it's gone already. There is no impact in your life. And so this is what the scripture talks about, that it's gone. And so I want to dig deep. How does the devil snatch the seed real quick? How does the devil snatch the seed? I want us to open our Bibles to Genesis 3, 1 to 6. Genesis 3, 1 to 6. And many of us know this story. Um, it says, now the serpent was more subtle and crafty. This is the, the devil is talking about. 
and than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, can it really be that God said you shall not eat from every tree of the garden? Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees of the gardens." Verse 3. Except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God had said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. You see, I want you to understand this. When a word is received, what the devil will try to do is contort and manipulate what that word means. So many times after you receive a word of God, there's always going to be questions that are coming in. Let's be honest, guys. Is that really God? We sometimes ask that question. What does that even mean? Oh, he, would, he wouldn't ask me to do that. Does he mean this way? Does he mean that way? God said I should fast. Does he mean I should fast social media? Does he mean I should fast food? Some of you, he said food. <laughs> you know, you start asking questions. Verse 5, I want you to see, see where this is going. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. You see, once he contorts and distorts, he now tries to give you another definition. It may be actually the true definition, but it may be very dis disconfigured. And verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, suitable and pleasant for, good, for food, and that it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. You see, when the word comes forth, what the devil wants to do is basically change your perspective of how you see the word. And what happens is that he will basically want you to perceive the word from a logical and from a human perspective. Many of us, we receive a word and we go to Google. The scripture says, test all spirits. Do you test all spirits with Google? Do you test all words with Google? You go back to the spirits. And so before, when the seed is placed, before you can even pick it up, the devil doesn't even want you to test it by spirit. He wants you to test it by confusion, by your morals, by what you think is right, by what you think is wrong. And so this is how the seed automatically is snatched up by the enemy. Number two, the second seed. It says a seed on rocky ground. Seeds on rocky ground. Matthew 13 verse 5 says, some of it fell on rocky ground where there was little soil. The seeds soon sprouted because the soil wasn't deep. Verse 6, but when the sun came up, it burned the young plants. And because the roots had not grown deep enough, the plants soon dried up. In verse 20 it says, the definition of this is that the seeds that fell on rocky ground stand for those who receive the message gladly as soon as they hear it. Verse 21, but it does not sink deep into them, and they don't last long. So when trouble or persecution comes because of the message, they give up at once. I want to go even further because I love the message version of this, Matthew 13, 20 to 21, because it gives a different perspective that I think really ties into this. Matthew 13, 20 to 21, the message version. It says, the seed cast in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. Oh, my gosh, revival series, code blue. Oh, my goodness, we're on the deathbed. Wow. God be glory. I'm forgiven. Deep repentance. But what does it say? But there is no soil of character. Your character is the soil. So this is why we can preach a message, and this is why there can be a call to a call to purity. There can be a call to for, to to, um, to deep repentance, and then the next week you're doing the exact same thing you were repenting for. Because the the character that is required for the word, you don't got it. You don't have it. So people have been going to church 52 weeks in a year. 
okay, let's take out like what, Christmas and maybe like two other weeks. So you're probably going to church like what, 40 weeks in a year. You haven't changed. I got to change churches. You don't got the character for even the word. You haven't changed because you haven't even worked on your character. So when the word comes, it may try to have its roots in, but it's not deep enough. The soil isn't good enough. The makings of your soil is trash. Your context. You want to be pure, but everyone you hang out with sleeps around. How can you change? You can't change. And so what happens is that the, the roots don't go deep enough. And what's, the, what's so funny about this is that in this scenario with people who don't have the character, they're always going to be the ones that are the happiest to receive the message. Oh, what a great message. Wow. Like, so, oh, it was so good. I feel so good. Like, I feel so good today. We got to go out and eat. Like, like, today was good. Bill is on me. I feel so good. Like, wow, what a great Sunday. It says they receive it with enthusiasm. But what happens? But when difficulties await and arise, they don't have the character in them to sustain the word. Number three, the third seed. It says seeds among thorns. Seeds among thorns. Matthew uh, 13, verse 7 says, some of the seeds fell among thorn bushes, bushes which grew up and choked the plants. 13.22 says, the seeds that fell among thorn bushes stand for those who hear the message, right? But the worries about this life and the love for riches choke the message and they don't bear fruits. So you see, the, the seed before, difficulties make them drop the message, make them just mismanage the word. But this one, we see that they have roots, and they grow, but they get choked out because of their love of riches, because of their desires, because of what they're chasing, to the point that what? They don't bear fruit. Many believers are in this stage. I was saying in the first service that this is the, this is the catfish Christianity stage. You walk the part, but there's no fruit. You serve, but there's no fruit. This is the part where many people miss it. You, you, you look the part, but there's no fruit. I was telling a story um, in the first service about my wife. She likes to, uh, I would say she doesn't like to buy plantain from, um, from Walmart, obviously. I mean, you know, Walmart started selling plantain. And <laughs> okay, uh, you know, Fiesta is where I used to go. <laughs> but literally what happens is that she'll get a plantain. It will be completely, like, like ready to go, right, ripe. And she opens it up, and it's hard as rock. That's that. You look the part, but inside, you're nothing. You've grown, but what happens? When you are looking out after everything, you're trying to be a Christian but still be culturally relevant, you get choked. And so you're attached to Christianity, but there's no fruit. That's the reality. So these are the people who have claimed to be Christians for, for a long time, come to church, are serving, but there's no fruit. They still act the same. Character's the same. And what is crazy about this is that is the description it uses. It says that with these people, it says, but worries about, th about this life and the love or riches choke the message. Choke. What happens when you choke somebody? 
it chokes the message. So the message is in them, but they're choked by all these things to the fact that they just spit out the message. The worst part about this stage is that by the time you figure out you're in this stage, your roots are deep. You see, the first stage, the seed's not planted. The second stage, the soil's not deep enough, so you can easily pull it out. But the third stage, you're deep, and you've grown now, but the reality is that you have no fruit. And so what, what happens? You have to die. Start all the way back from the bottom again. The third, the fourth one, and this is the one, of course, that we all want to be, is seeds in good soil. Seeds in good soil. Matthew 13, verse 8 says, But some seeds fell in good soil, and the plants bore grain. Some had 100 grains, others 60, and others 30. Verse 23, the definition of that says, And the seeds sown in the good soil stand for those who hear the message and understand it. They bear fruit, some as much as 100, others 60, and others 30. You see, the key point in this scripture is that not only do they hear, because all of the examples say that they hear the message. You're hearing the message. So just because you hear it doesn't mean anything. They hear the message. But what's funny about this one says that they understand it. They understand it. Another translation says in uh, Mark 4.20 in the Synodic Gospel says that, but others people are like seeds sown in good soil. They hear the message and accept it. They hear it and accept it and bear fruit. In order to bear fruit, you must accept the message. That's what it means. If you keep coming here and you keep disagreeing with the message, leave. You heard? Leave, please. Go somewhere else that you accept the message. Because in order to bear fruit, you have to accept it. So don't come here because all your friends are coming here. If you can't accept the message, you will not bear fruit. You have to hear and understand To understand means to have just an adequate ideas of, to comprehend, to know. And so as believers, we hear a word, but we don't do the research anymore. We go to Google, like I said, or we go to TikTok to figure out what somebody said or whatever. Figure out somebody's, somebody's opinion on it. Let me just be honest. We even go to our friends, and some of our friends are definitely not equipped. I'll just be honest. Go to the Bible. Go to the scripture. Test it. Like I said, you don't test, you don't test Bible with Google. You test Bible with Bible. <laughs> you don't test God's word with something out there. You test God's word with God's word. Simple. Thou say the Lord, you will. Okay, let me go back to the book. Simple. We don't want to do it anymore. We don't want to do the work anymore. And so how do we, how do I become good soil? Because that's what, the, that's what the important thing is. We want to be good soil so that every time the word of God comes forth, we are good soil for the word to be planted in. Right? There's four things I have. How do I become good soil? Number one, we must receive the word with expectation and faith. Receive the word with expectation and faith. I'm not just talking about sermons, guys. 
I'm saying your secret place, when you're reading the Bible, you're reading with expectation and faith. Not expectation that you'll get your checklist good for the day. Expectation that God is going to speak to you as you're reading the word. Faith. Do you even come to the presence of God with faith anymore that he can do anything? Expectation and faith. We look in the scripture, Luke 5.20, Luke 5.20. Luke 5.20, this is a story that many of us know about the friends, uh, the friends and, the, and, the, uh, and their, uh, and I guess a group of friends and one of their friends that was paralyzed. It says in scripture, and when he saw their confidence in him springing from their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven, you. We must come with expectation and faith. And receive with expectation and faith. We don't receive with those anymore. Number two, how do I become good soil? We must have a constant purification of our hearts. Constantly be purifying and praying that God purify our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep and guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the springs of life. Do not let your heart be tainted. If you know that you're going to receive, your, your heart receives what you're hearing. Your spirit man receives what you're hearing. You have to constantly be praying, God, purify my heart. Bless you. <laughs> purify my heart, God. Change my thinking constantly. It's not a one-time every six months prayer. You know what you watched yesterday. I'm not saying porn on Netflix, guys. It's the same now. You know what you were looking at. You know who you hang out with. You know what you did. It's a constant purification. Many of us do not ask for purification, so we come into the house of God. We go into our secret places. We're reading our Bible with tainted hearts. With hearts that whatever comes through, it's going to just be just, just, just messed up. Number three, how do I become good soil? Be a child. Be a child. Matthew 19, 14 says, Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not stop them because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. One of the prayers I used to pray when I was in college because I hate school, guys. I always say that if I'm going back to school, you know it's only God that told me to do it. Um, <laughs> but when I went into college, I said this. I said, God, please help me to enjoy learning. Please, I don't like this. Let me enjoy learning. Many of us, we need to pray that about God. Help me to enjoy learning more about you. I want to enjoy learning about you, God. You see, kids, they ask questions, sometimes the most ridiculous questions. <laughs> but we have to do the, the, the due diligence. When we hear the word, we must try and figure out how can I understand this word. Researching in the Bible. Go, <laughs> that's why I like any law. I'm going to call you all on the spot. I know that if I preach something today, any of will do the research <laughs> in her Bible and be like, yeah, I was thinking about what you, what you were, uh, I, like, last week Daryl was saying this and I went to go read my Bible. Who does that? People don't do that anymore. I could be just talking filth up here and you wouldn't know. You don't even know me. <laughs> you don't even know me like that. So we have to go back and understand all these things I'm saying, that's why I'm giving you the scriptures, to go back and check for yourself. Not just read the scripture, read the context, read the time period, where it was at, what the situation was, who the people are. Do your research. 
the more you try and learn and ask questions and dig deep, the more you learn about God. And number four, how do I become good soil? Do the work. Do the work. Simple. Do the work. When every seed is planted, it must be watered. The soil must be checked. At some point, the plant has to be repotted. Fertilizers, spray the pesticides. We don't want to do the work. That is why when a word is received, do the work. You don't understand that there's been prophecies upon your lives, covenants established to God that you have left dormant, you have not done the work on. Do the work. Figure it out. The moment that there's some, the moment you were born, right, there's a price on your head already. The moment you come into Christianity, the moment you become a believer, the price triples, quadruples. Why? Figure it out. Do the work. Do the work. As I was preparing this for this uh, sermon, there was one prayer that I had, and I want us to pray this because in Matthew 13, 14 to 15, of course, Jesus was talking as a, in a parable, but he says this, uh, Matthew 13, 14 to 15, he says, so the prophecy of Isaiah applies to them. This people will listen and listen, but not understand. They will look and look, but not see, verse 15, because their minds are dual, and they have stooped up their ears and have closed their eyes. Otherwise, their eyes would see, their ears would hear, their minds would understand, and they would turn to me, says God, and I would heal them. So right now, I want us to pray this simple prayer. God, heal my ears, heal my eyes, and help me to understand your word. Let's pray that prayer. Heal my eyes, heal my ears, heal my spiritual eyes, heal my spiritual ears, and help me to understand your word. Help me to receive it, oh God. When I'm in the secret place, Heavenly Father, God, you speak a thing. Open my eyes to see. Open my ears to hear, Heavenly Father. Help me to understand your word, oh God. Some of us, we need to pray the prayer of God. Help me to do the work to understand your word. Help me to do the work to help understand your word, God. For others, people, you got to pray that, God, help me to enjoy learning about you. God, I want to enjoy, enjoy you. I want to love researching about you. I want to love reading about you, God. I want to enjoy learning about you, oh God. Let there not be another word spoken and we mismanage it. Let us not be in a place for a year, serving in a fellowship, in a ministry for two years, and nothing has changed in our lives. We have to be the evidence. What will our response be when it comes to his word? We already learned about mismanaging his presence, but when it comes to his word, many of us, we are to be transformed by the word. His word is alive. His word is working. It transforms us. You did not become a believer to not say the same. You must be transformed. I want to be transformed by your word, oh God. But it takes us understanding and receiving it. And then my name just pray. I want us to bow our heads right now. Because I believe there's an opportunity right now for anyone in this room, whether watching online or in person, that wants to uh, come back into relationship or come into relationship with Jesus Christ. The word has been spoken. And so for many of you right now, maybe you're online or maybe a few people in here, the spirit is nudging you right now that it's time to come back into relationship. It's time to get back on the right page. And so what are you going to do with that word? And so 
we're going to say this prayer all together. But if that is you and you know that your spirit is nudging you at this moment or something is nudging you right now, I want you to say this prayer and mean it unto God, unto him. And so let's say it together. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to close our eyes still. Keep our heads bowed real quick. If that is you right now and you said that prayer and you meant it with all of your hearts, your spirit's been nudging you, you know that you need to get back on track. If you're online, I want you to text SAVED to the number that will appear on the screen. But if you're here in person, I just want you to lift up your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. I don't want you to feel ashamed. You cannot be ashamed of God boldly, boldly right now, right there, yeah. And I'll pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I want to pray for those that are coming into relationship with you or coming back into relationship with you, God. You see their heart right now, God, and they're responding to your call, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that even as they're making this decision, Lord, I pray that this will be the best decision that they've made of their life. We pray, Heavenly Father, as they go through this walk, God, let them begin to see the evidence and the manifestation of you walking with them, Heavenly Father. We pray, Lord, as old things and old parts of themselves and even voices of shame and even voices of discouragement may try and come upon them. I pray that you silence every voice, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that let there be fruit shown within our life, God. I pray within the next two weeks, God, for those that are giving their lives to Christ, Lord, I pray, Lord, let there be an actual manifestation of your presence within them, God. I pray, Lord, let their hunger never run out, God. And I pray, Lord, even when the time comes, Lord, that it seems they may be getting tired, Lord, I pray that you renew the joy of that salvation, God. God, I say thank you for each person in here that has received this word. I pray that they will all be fertile ground and fertile soil for your word, Lord. We will not mismanage your word, O oh God. Lord, we say thank you. We give you all the glory and honor and adoration. In the mind's name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can we give glory to God and also say thanks to God for those that gave their lives to Christ. We thank God. We thank God. We thank, God. thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.